Do you have this strong intuitive feeling that you are just destined to build a business and a life that stands out amongst the rest, but you just don't know how to get there? I feel you. I've been there and I can see that you are another fellow flamingo just waiting to take flight. My name is Megan Shallow, social media guru and founder of BNL Media Consulting, and this is exactly what I have done through building my own beautiful empire that has become a unicorn in the social media management world, as well as a safe space for entrepreneurs to feel empowered with their digital marketing. All of this was founded on the basis of three magical words, breathe, nourish, and love. Are you ready to learn how to be that entrepreneur who shows up online and offline with confidence, has a business that makes an impact in this world, and lives a life full of connection, love, prosperity, and joy? If the answer is yes, then let's go. All right. So we are here today with your behavior gal um, on our first Fly Flamingo Fly interview um, with our fellow flamingos in the entrepreneurial space who are doing things differently and standing out amongst the crowd in their industry. So Nicole, we are excited slash I am excited to have you here. Hi, nice to be here. (laughs) (laughs) For for those that don't know, your behavior gal is my twin sister. Um, I thought it would be perfect to have her on as our first trial for an interview because she just knows me so well. So we can read each other's cues and figure out if there's any hiccups along the way. Um, so Nicole, as maybe some of you know already based on the social media and listening to other podcasts of me mentioning her, she is a behavior specialist and sleep expert in her field. I'm going to let her explain the actual logistics of what she does, who she is and all of that good stuff and her background on how she got here. Um, so Nicole, I'm going to hand it over to you. Who are you apart from my twin sister? What's your background <laughs> and what's your story? How did you get to this place? Well, I fell into the field really, um, as you know, <laughs> you and I did the same jobs probably up and like together up until mid university. Um, so I've spent a lot of, I spent a lot of my early twenties and late teens working with kids, working with, um, families just in the swimming environment, the swimming world. And then one parent one day while we were working air quotes on the pool deck, uh, told me that, hey, you should try being a behavior interventionist. And like her son was diagnosed with autism and um, I had no idea this field even existed. I also was doing a psychology degree and well, all those people with uh, psychology degrees out there know that there's not a lot you can do with it. So why not find a niche and, and pursue it? So I did that and I found a job on Craigslist and I just loved it. Um, my first job, I was left to figure it out on my own. Um, minimal supervision and guidance from, uh, professionals. But then I stumbled into some teams that actually had these people called board certified behavior analysts. And it just triggered something for me where I was like, Hey, I could make a career out of this. And I could explore whatever this credential and, and all of that means. So um, I had a use for my psych degree. Check. Always good. Uh, <laughs> Always good. <laughs> Always good that that degree investment comes in handy. I think there was some value. I mean, now I think the four year, well, my five and a half years of undergrad 
may not be seen as valuable, but I think I learned a lot about myself and about how I learn, how I manage my time, how I can do things that I don't necessarily like doing, but I know the end goal is going to be worth it. Um, so I feel like it was good. And then I started to work full time in the field. So I was working with multiple families. I think I had up to seven at a time. What's the, like, what's the definition of the field for those that don't quite know the field that you worked in forever? Yeah. So I work with families, um, with children with autism or autistic children. And I support the parents. Um, when I started, I was really working one-on-one with kids and implementing teaching programs. Um, the field itself is behavior analysis. So applied behavior analysis. Some of the practices as I was learning, I was, as I was going, I didn't always like, but then I knew that, Hey, we can change and we've kind of evolved. Um, and I've really individualized my own practice with all that experience. And I moved into parents support and, and training staff and, and all of that, um, like writing programs analysis, um, when I was doing my internship to being a board certified behavior analyst. So I guess the science that I do is that small behavior science that you talk about in psych 101 and at least at my university, they never really went into it too much. Um, but that science is still alive and well, and I think it has a lot of value. Um, so I've kind of specialized in that. Yeah. And it just crossed your path as the things that we're meant to do in this life do. I know it's so interesting. And like, it was, I loved it because it was so logical. There was reason to it. Um, and it all made sense. I was like, well, this just explains everything for me, for myself and for why things happen, why behavior happens and, um, and exploring that science has just been amazing. And so I did my master's and during my master's program, my, uh, professor challenged the class to take on sleep because <laughs> no one in our field was doing it. Uh, there was feeding specialists, there were uh, toileting specialists, but no one was taking on sleep, which is really the foundation to anything. And I also realized this in the families I worked for, um, when the kids weren't sleeping, parents weren't sleeping, our programs, we weren't making progress in our goals. Um, so really it was foundational to everything. So I dove into it and here we are. Yeah. I mean, and then that kind of leads me into my next question. Why sleep? Like, why did your professor even challenge sleep? And what was like, what made you like, what turned that light bulb on to be like, this is it. Like, this is, this is my, like, that is what makes you different, um, in your field and how you approach it. And you were approaching something that no one else was considering. So why sleep? I think I had, I, on my caseload, I probably had 50% of my clients weren't sleeping. And I would always look at like, why aren't my programs working? Why is it something that I'm doing and they're not progressing or, and why are they so irritable and upset, unhappy? Um, the families are stressed out. And then if we really looked at it, no one was sleeping. And, and then I reflected on my own experience and you were there firsthand for my experience with sleep. Yes. So for the audience, Megan and I, were, we're tw- again, we're twins. So we lived through every year together. Megan was a fine sleeper for the yes, most part. Yeah. 
Um, I was a very anxious sleeper. I had trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, um, falling asleep on my own when we tried to be independent and sleep in separate rooms. I will say that we probably have like a born sleep dependency because like since 100% no womb, like we've had someone sleeping next to us forever. <laughs> um, so I think that's probably part of it too. Um, I always sleep better if there's someone there. And even now I'd say I do, although I do like sleeping alone. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so broke that pattern when I went to Thailand (laughs) and literally had to sleep by myself in the jungle and also had to sleep on a train by myself. Those were when my sleep patterns broke 100%. Oh, exactly. Because if you're forced into it, you eventually have to figure out how to fall asleep and you're going to be so tired that you're going to fall asleep anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think reflecting on that and realizing how hard it was on me when I wasn't sleeping, especially as a teenager um, or like even a young kid, and then how it impacted mom and dad when they had to teach us how to sleep. Because if I asked mom how she did it, they did cry it out. And she said it was probably the most stressful thing she's ever had to do because she just locked us in a room or closed the door and her and dad had to sit on the other side and just let us cry it out together, right. <laughs> which yeah, knows how very that common, common practice back then. I think it's still as common now. And I mean, there's no judgment to parents who decide to do that and, and I'll support them if that's their choice, but there's always another way. Um, so I found that really helpful um, to be able to equip myself with, alternative ways. And really it does come back to the science, which I just love. Um, the data speaks like so loudly and it helps me make the best decisions for my clients. And, and that's why I found, um, yeah, that was really helpful for sleep and just my knowledge and behavior analysis has helped me coach parents and support them and also support adults too. Um, what were the shifts that you saw in the children that you were like, Whoa, like this can totally help adults too. Well, in one family, we had them report that their child was more social afterwards. With autism? Yeah, like they're less withdrawn, more interested in trying new things, less meltdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a huge road in the data. Well, yeah, and then even in the parent comments, like that's, you'll see improvement probably in memory. Like if kids aren't able, so what we do sometimes is, we work on specific skills and we want to make sure it's maintained over time without extra practice. And if they're not sleeping well, it's not going into long-term memory, which means everything you're doing is like short-term memory. And then if they don't sleep on it, it's gone. And you, I think Megan, you use this hack so much when you're in university. Oh my gosh. I literally (laughs) would study in bed and then nap. I'd be like, I'm going to read this chapter and then I'm going to have a 20 minute nap. And I would just wake up and I would just know everything. <laughs> exactly. It's magic. And that's like our magic. brain works. Like our brain problem solves for us overnight. Oh yeah. So if you have a problem, like the phrase sleep on it is factual. Like, yeah, if you don't understand it, sleep on it. And then it will, it will come to you in the morning and you'll yeah. be more clear too. Super clear. And I mean, my best like decisions with making in my business, like I'll go to bed freaking out and I'll wake up in the morning and just know which direction to go. So I'll journal about it before I go to bed. 
maybe won't have an answer, sleep on it and wake up and be like the aha moment light bulb is there. And Mm -hmm. so like with sleep, like you saw this happening with kids. And then also did you support the parents at all? Yeah. So once the kids were sleeping better, parents were sleeping better. And I think with the same, we worked, we work with families. And so the whole family has to shift their routine. And I think just a natural shift in some of these routines help parents fall asleep earlier and sleep more soundly if they knew their child wasn't going to wake up in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, it helps them become better parents because they're able to also regulate their own emotions when their child's having a hard time. Right. Right. If their child's having a hard time and you aren't sleeping well, your ability to respond calmly is definitely much lower than it would be if you slept a decent night's sleep. And I see this can run par- this can run parallel to running a business because running a family, building a family, doing all those things, it takes a lot of energy from you. And also running a business does the same. And so like even as a leader, you are, let's say you're like metaphorically, you're <laughs> to the team. Yeah. <laughs> I like hit, sorry, I hit the cup and then the dog threw In some way. And so like that, when I like talk to you about sleep, obviously I've implemented this into my own personal routine and we'll dive into like those types of things a little bit later. But with like with entrepreneurs, now that you're kind of moving in that direction, um, yourbehaviorgal.com is where you can find Nicole, right? Oh, and, you are. As the oh, can- spelled Canadian yeah. way. It's spelled a Canadian way for those that are American. Um, wait, is wait, Y O U R, like it's not Y O R in America. No, behavior is oh. I. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I O U R. There we yeah. go. Okay. With the U in it for Canadians, but America yeah. does just an O. Right. Yes. I knew that. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> there's too many. And there's like, you have this statement. It's like, change your sleep, change your life. And yeah. that's bold, but it is, it is true. And so can you elaborate on that? Like a little bit? Sure. Like here, how about let's do this. Like what are three, like I've got this question here. Like what are three pieces of advice you would give to entrepreneurs everywhere when it comes to sleep so that they can, like they change their sleep patterns, they'll change their life. And like what kind of, like based on the data, what shifts will entrepreneurs see within like weeks when they change this? Right. So I guess my journey to understanding sleep and how it impacts our everything started with the book, why we sleep by Matthew Walker. I think I gave it to you once to look at and you're like, this is too much. I was starting Um, to read it before I was going to sleep. Not a good idea. Highly recommend reading it in the middle of the day, everyone (laughs) or in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but the research is finding that there's, they can't even find a process in our body, mental, physical, that isn't impacted by sleep. Right. So, and the hustle mindset of like, you gotta get up at 5am, like that 5am club book. And then <laughs> all of these I things. Mean, are sure, if you're going early, like if you're yeah. going, yeah. And it's if like, you're going, sorry, if you're going to bed, like if you want to wake up at 5am, that's fine, but you have to go to bed seven, eight to nine hours before that. Right. Yeah. So whatever that so, is. <laughs> and like, it's very common for like late nights, early mornings with entrepreneurs and this hustle of like, go, go, go wake up, you know, 
slam a cup of coffee, grab mm-hmm. a piece of toast and get to work. And so like the burnout cycle of entrepreneurs and everything is so high. Um, what advice would you give entrepreneurs to be like, tweak these three things. You can give more if you want and see some shifts almost instantly in how you run your business and like how things move forward creatively for entrepreneurs, which is how entrepreneurs need to thrive. Yeah. Well, I think that I love to give like simple tricks to improve the quality of sleep that you're getting first Mm -hmm. because increasing the length of it is always harder, but it will come once your quality starts to increase quality of quantity first. Exactly. So you want quality straight sleep. So consecutive sleep. Um, so you can hit all your sleep cycles. Cause if we're not hitting all our sleep cycles, can you outline those sleep cycles for us quick? Sure. There's two types of sleep, non REM sleep, which is non rapid eye movement sleep. And then REM sleep, REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement sleep. And your first half of your night is mostly in non REM. So your stages one, two, three, and four, and that's your restorative sleep. Um, then you get into REM sleep, which is at the last, it starts slowly increases in duration over the night. So if you cut your sleep short, you can lose upwards of like 80% of your REM because most of REM sleep is in the last couple hours of your sleep, which is why in the morning, sometimes you dream more. Um, you get, and if you get caught, if you get woken up from a dream, you were woken up in the middle of your REM sleep. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's usually when you feel the most groggy too, if you're getting woken up during that time. Um, why is REM sleep important? So REM sleep is the most important for your mental health, um, and your memory and learning. Um, so a lot of, I think it's where your problem solving happens too. That's why these, like, sometimes these dreams are so bizarre because it's just making lots of connections in your brain. Um, but it actually has evidence has been shown they've used REM sleep to help with PTSD because it really pulls the emotion from the thought and from the event. Um, if we're taking away REM sleep, which a lot of teenagers lack REM because they have to get up so early for school, this can put them at risk for depression, anxiety, exacerbated symptoms of ADHD, um, sensory sensitivities. If there's autism, like if you're missing a lot of this good sleep, they're going to see side effects of it. Um, even in your health, probably long-term too. Um, but your memory will definitely start to go. I noticed mine when I got the puppy, I was like, right. I was like window into childhood and mom. And then the other phase of what's the other phase called again? So non-REM sleep. And why is that one important? This one is also really important for rejuvenation of your whole body and brain. So it really cleans out everything. So physically, Um, like it's for physical health. Yeah. So it's like restorative for your, your muscles are healing overnight, your guts healing overnight. So if your gut's full, doesn't have time to clean out, um, your heart, like every organ system is going through repair overnight. So if you're not getting that sleep, you're not getting that same repair, which long-term results, I'm sure you can imagine what that can be. Um, so if you're shortening your sleep, you're really shortening your life. Um, so you got to kind of pick and choose what it is that you want to kind of work through. That's kind of dark, but it also is the reality, I guess. But, unfortunately, yeah, you Start reading the books and you'll be like, 
yeah, that's a dark if I don't change my sleep. Um, and it's not a fast shift. Like you can't all of a sudden be like, I'm just going to change all my sleep routines right away. Like it doesn't, I've tried, I tried. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a sustainable shift forward, making small tweaks mm-hmm. over time. Um, and I mean, changing your sleep really forces you to encourage boundaries and setting mm-hmm. sleep boundaries is a new term that I only started really implementing this year after watching you set sleep boundaries for the last couple of years since yeah. you've become the, the expert in this field. <laughs> um, and of course, like this is not the only time you are all going to hear from Nicole, like as she continues to collect data and build out her network and team, um, we will be bringing her back on more and more to support the entrepreneurs listening and the non-entrepreneurs listening, anyone who's listening, um, to better their sleep and of course change their life. Um, so with entrepreneurs and anyone in general, what are like three things that people can start considering shifting even small steps towards a bigger goal, like right away in the next, like we are coming up to the end of the year here. We're in December. It's almost time for a new year where people are setting intentions and there's lots of health goals that people set, but if they don't have a strong, healthy sleep foundation, none of those health goals will really matter like weight loss or, um, even like some mental clarity stuff, all of that stuff. If the sleep foundation's not there, none of that will really work anyway. So what are some things that people can move into the new year? Um, thinking about as they start shifting their health goals? Well, I always start with the easiest ones because they actually are so simple. It's just a matter of working with time because our bodies are on a clock. So we just need to optimize the clock. Mm. Um, The first one is our blue light exposure. And so I see Megan here. She's wearing her blue light blocking glasses. So good. Um. So blue light, and especially if you're an entrepreneur that's always on the computer, um, making sure you're managing the use of it. So in the morning, blue light's okay. Um, blue light helps with alertness. Blue light is found outside. Um, that's like the best way to anchor your clock and get it started and boosted in the morning. So morning, daylight exposure, even if it's cloudy outside, it's still more than the light that's inside. Um, and it will activate your circadian clock, get all the processes started. Then during the day and into the afternoon, um, managing your blue light intake. So Megan uses her computer a lot. So you wear your blue light glasses to help protect your eyes too, which there is a part of eye health when it comes to um, blue light. But then wearing them in the afternoon so that you're not getting too much intake And then into the evening. So if you're one that works in the evening, put your blue light glasses on. Best to turn off the screens, to be honest. What about when people fight against that being like, if I have my blue light on and even like, you know, those sun, like uh, SAD lights and stuff, like some people have those on at nighttime or Mm -hmm. like to keep going through like that rut in the middle of the day where sometimes people can get tired. What do you say when it comes to that? Like pushback. Well, you can still use that instead of drinking coffee. I would say that's probably the best thing. Like if at two o'clock you feel like you need, you're feeling tired, use light to get you awake. Like that's okay. Sun or stare at the, the SAD. Just even going outside because all it needs to be is exposed to your eyes and your skin. Your skin also takes it in. Um, you'll find yourself feel more alert and that might be why. Um, at, in the evening, so 
the biggest rule of thumb is two hours before bed, you want to decrease your light, your blue light intake only because that's where your it blocks your melatonin. And as everyone knows now that pharma companies have talked about melatonin and sold it over the counter, um, again, that's not regulated, but uh, melatonin takes about two hours to get into effect. Right. So if you're turning off your blue light 30 minutes before bed, then you might not be tired for another hour and a half. Right. Yes. So that's my first thing. Classifies as blue light. Does TV have blue light? TV does have blue light. That's why I put my glasses on. Um, it seems to be okay for me. Like you can, like, I mean, it's not ideal, but I know realistically, sometimes, you know, it's nice to watch a bit of TV. Um, so that's okay. I just put my blue light glasses on and watch TV and it's not too close to my eyes. So that's fine. Um, and then if you are like, if you want to go hardcore, just turn off all the lights and just candlelight for the rest of the night. Um, mm-hmm. You'll notice yourself be much tireder, much earlier. So if you want to go to bed at nine or like half an hour earlier, then turn it off two hours before and see what happens. I love uh, in the dark. So that's a good advice for me. Yeah. Light in the morning, dark in the evening. Um, right now it's great because we don't have sunlight late into the evening. It's super dark, super early here. Um, but during the summer nights, it can be harder. So trying to make it as dark as possible. Um, yeah. So that's the first switch two hours before bed and adding some blue light protective tools. Yeah. And I have a code that Megan can put in the show notes. Um, I love OcuShields. They have things for your computers. They have glasses. They have low blue light lamps. Um, I have all of these things, um, because I know sometimes I'm going to be on my computer and that's okay. I also get blue light glasses from our favorite Vancouver fashion truck, which we'll also link in the notes too. Yes. I know. I need to get some of those ones. I really think they're so cute. Um, and they look great on camera. Yeah. They're trendy right now. And it also, it's just protecting your eyes and it's also helping you sleep better at night. So it could also be a great idea as a leader of a digital company to even supply those as like an onboarding for your team. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. To protect your team so that they also are support. You're also subtly supporting their sleep because they will be more creative and successful and productive. Sure. They're also yeah. getting sleep. Yeah. There's also research on that too, which is very interesting. Um, and then the next one is just consistent meals. So I know as an entrepreneur, at least for myself, uh, if I get if I get super focused into an activity, I forget that I'm hungry. Um, I can push past the rumbling tummy. I can push past that feeling of hunger. And then all of a sudden I have a headache and I'm starving and it's five o'clock and I haven't eaten since noon. Um, so of my life, at least between Tuesday exactly. and Friday. <laughs> yeah, so scheduling your meals out. So you have regular meals every day that also anchors your body clock. So if you have something in the morning that also stimulates your gut to start going. So your gut clock is on the right track as well. Everything works in tandem. So if one system's off, the other one starts to fall apart. Um, so you do need to make sure that you're eating consistent meals, whatever consistent meals feels like to you. Uh, some people do intermittent fasting, so they'll only eat for 10 hour windows, eight hour windows. That was really hard for me. So I just eat at consistent times every day. 
breakfast. What's your example? Again, it's not perfect every day, but the goal is like breakfast at seven after I fed the dog and then, um, around 10, 10 30 and then lunch around 12 31 and then snack three thirty four, and then dinner, um, five 36 and then snack after that. Cause I like to have a snack after dinner. It's like kids, like mine's like a kid's meal day. Yeah. Like some people can only have like their rhythm for food is like two meals a day or yeah. three. If that's your, if that's your rhythm, then it's your rhythm and your body gets used to it. Um, definitely always consult like medical practitioners if you're if you're needing support in that or people who specialize in that area um but that's just something simple you can easily do too meal prep I feel like is the best way to get that done or just easy grab and go snacks um so and it will help you plan your meals but that's not my role but yeah. just timing timing of meals is so key timing of meals establishing a time that works in your own personal body clock rhythm Okay. So that's number two. Number Mm -hmm. three. Mm. Caffeine. Yeah, we could do caffeine. That's a really common one with entrepreneurs. It's almost like, or like, I think beverages, like (laughs) there's like two trends trends with entrepreneurialism, alcohol, like wine Mm. and, or beer, but wine um, and coffee. Like these are like two trends with entrepreneurialism and like how people, you know, coffee in the morning and then wine at night. And like, these yeah. are like, that's a beverages. I would say, like, I think we should talk about both because those are let's like, talk about beverages. let's talk mm-hmm. about beverages. So beverages, again, it all comes to timing. So it's understanding how our bodies work. Again, I'm not a physiologist. I'm not a doctor, but I've read a lot of research around it. And so caffeine is probably, I mean, it's the most consumed drug in the world. Right. Um, We use it to help with alertness and and keeping ourselves awake and, and avoiding that discomfort of feeling tired and brain fog. Um, also some people feel more productive on it. So it's very reinforcing for some. So we get into this habit loop of, I feel tired. I drink coffee. I don't feel tired anymore. I feel so much better. And so you get stuck in this loop and it's just constant coffee, even though people say they can have it right before bed and it doesn't impact their sleep or ability to fall asleep. It will impact the different stages of sleep that you reach. So if you look at this, the, if you were to get like a sleep study, it may have a significant impact in how much restful and restorative sleep you get. So if it's still in your system, when you go to sleep, it can still impact that piece. So the rest of the physical rest and restore piece that's extremely important gets impacted. Exactly. Even though you feel like you slept well and it didn't impact you, sometimes you don't know what good sleep is until you have it. Right. So it could be worth an experiment. I know a few people who have gone off. Um, I know I have, but it's been a while. So I didn't know I was experimenting. Um, but I know a few people who have, have gone off it and they have noticed a difference. Um, same if you're going to have coffee, that's fine. It's Megan, you even call it joy juice. Like it's, it's nice. nice and it's paired with, you know, social and it's paired with laughter and just comfort. And so it can take on those properties. 
But if you're consuming it too late in the day, that's when it'll impact your sleep. But if you have it before noon, maybe one or two cups, depending. Again, you're looking at how much caffeine you're actually consuming. And every coffee brand is different. Tea is different. Energy drinks are way different. Um, It takes five to six hours for half of the caffeine to burn off on average. Um, So again, you want it. That's it's going to take a while for it all to go away. Um, You just want it to be as less as possible when you go to sleep. So earlier in the day, the better, and then cut yourself off. Decaf still has some caffeine in it. Um, So again, be mindful of that. You're better off having like herbal teas or uh, just definitely no caffeine at all um, in the afternoon. And using light is your thing that's going to wake you up. Um, And then alcohol. Yeah. I mean, I'm even watching TV shows right now. Right now, Chicago Fire is on my list. And they consume alcohol all the time like after work day or whatever oh it's so trendy it's like so in the shows. trendy and like you watch yeah. the lawyers and like the shows like always having Scandal. a glass of wine after pardon Scandal. Scandal. oh yeah like feels like an a wine advertisement i know like, it's so common in all of these tv shows for like the wine bottle to open up after a work day whether it was a good work day or a bad work day Right. And so on social too, it's like socially trendy. Yes. And I mean, I used to be there. Like I used to be like, yeah, like this is fun. And then I learned about how it actually impacts that sleep architecture, right? Like those phases of sleep that we have and alcohol, um, it, it blocks most of our REM sleep. Mm -hmm. So you're missing out on a lot of REM sleep when you consume alcohol, um, sometimes all of it. And for me personally, as I've gotten older, that's why I get kicked out of sleep really early in the morning, because that's when most of your REM is and you don't get it because you've had some alcohol. Um, so that's huge. And it's, it's a perpetual cycle. Oh, like some people use alcohol to cope with you know, feelings of anxiety, depression, unhappiness, all of those things. And if that's what you have at night to help, help yourself kind of calm down and sedate a little bit to help you fall asleep and not think about those things, then you're not, you're missing out on the sleep that actually could maybe help you with some of those things. Right. And then you get stuck in a cycle. Um, alcohol is, it's a sedative, so it does make you feel sleepier. Honestly, it doesn't do that for me. It, it, it makes sleep harder sometimes um for me it allows me to come down from the day yeah and especially it's knowing that that's doing that and maybe and it's impacting your overall it will impact your quality of sleep it's probably one of the worst things for sleep i would say Mm -hmm. um but if you're going to consume it it's the same thing like caffeine just understanding your body how long does it take for your body to burn it off um, trying to have as little of it as possible in your system when you do fall asleep and you'll know a difference. Um, sometimes it's a few hours. Sometimes people process it a lot slower. Um, really depends. So yeah, and it's not like you're telling people like Don't happy hour. any of this. It's like, no. Oh, and early happy hour, happy hour is actually a good time. Probably. Exactly. Or breakfast mimosas. Like if you're going to do it, like you can have in the morning. <laughs> Oh no, now we're going to start seeing breakfast mimosas trend on social. Hashtag, no, at your behavior gal. <laughs> oh, don't. Do not. 
But it's all about moderation and like being aware, like awareness is, I think that's something it's like, we get given all these rules and it's like, you have to change those, but it's not even about that. It's just being aware of what happens when you choose certain actions. Well, that's why I created, that's why I created your behavior gal, because I noticed like, as soon as I had the information, then I have a choice. So I'm actively choosing to have a glass of wine knowing what's going to happen, knowing what might happen, but maybe I'll stay up a little bit later. So it allows some time to burn off mm. and then I'll have a better quality of sleep, even though I still have to get up about earlier. Right. Um, so it's, it's being aware of how my choices are impacting that sleep. And that's my choice. If I choose that, then, you know, the consequences are natural. I know what's going to happen. And then I'm less hard on myself mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, it was a choice that I made and that's okay. Maybe I'll make a different choice next time. Right. So it allows you to be kinder and like take the judgment away. And if all of you are curious on like more things, because obviously there's so many things that you can change. There's actually a quiz on Nicole's website, which we'll link in the show notes as well. Um, And you can take a quiz to see like where your sleep hygiene's at right now. I took it and it's great. And then I started reading the PDF and I was like, Okay. There's even more things. And Nicole and I spend a lot of time together because of course we're twins, but we don't always talk about sleep. When Nicole first started learning about sleep, it's all she could talk about. So we <laughs> talk about it a lot, a lot of time. It was a hyper, it was a hyper focus of mine. It was like when I <laughs> fell in love with social media, like I would talk yeah. about it all the time to Nicole and Nicole would just have to listen. <laughs> and she really wasn't on social media at the time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it was a hyper focus because you knew that was it. Like your, your intuition was like, this is how I'm going to change. This is my change that I'm going to bring to the world. Um, and that's why like these flamingo features, which I'm calling them is like bringing people on who are like here to make an impact and have taken a different route in their Mm -hmm. niches and stood out amongst the crowd and sleep is it for you. Um, and the branding of course, and everything that you've done to build your brand and your like identity in this space has been so huge and it's attracted some really great connections and you've already made such a huge impact. And this is, it really is just the beginning. Like you really only got your wings and like, what, how many, how long has it been since you would say you got your wings in this area? I mean, I just officially branded things and I officially like have my own website now and Pregnant incorporate soon. So I feel like now it's like an actual business. Like I was just a baby less than a year. Yeah. Like I've been certified for almost three years, but I finally, (laughs) excuse me. I finally feel like I can fly. Yeah. And And then the world's my sister, you know? Oh, so is. Um, and so now that you really have like taken that leap and started to fly in the entrepreneurial space, What's one piece of advice you would tell someone who knows that they're meant to be making change in this world as well and like be a change maker, be a flamingo in their industry, and they're ready for that leap of faith into entrepreneurialism? Like what is one piece of advice that you would give those that are listening that are like, I want to, I want to do this too. Like, I know that I'm meant to be doing more than what I'm doing right now. Push past the fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to feel like those thoughts of you're not good enough. You're who are you to be doing this? Um, maybe I need to go get more education. I'm not smart enough. I can't be a leader here. Um, those thoughts will naturally come up. I think that's like any, it's risky. It's just biology. 
your fight or flight's going to kick in and you just have to like push past the fear, know that that's happening and do it anyway. That's perfect. What a good answer. And then one question, which I am just coming up with right now. (laughs) How can people work with you? Like, what is it? Like, how do people get to enjoy more of your energy? Like for those that are really attracted to what you have to say and what you're doing, like how can people work with you? What are different avenues that they can take? So I work one-on-one with adults. I work, um, I still work with clients, so autistic children and their families. Um, and that can, all the information, like all my email and contact is on the website, which Megan is going to post in here. Mm-hmm. I say the best way to get to know me is follow me on Instagram um, at your behavior gal. Um, and I'm provide, I feel like I provide, I haven't officially launched group stuff yet. And I'm still like pondering on how that will work. I'll probably have to need to ask my audience or talk to you a little bit more about it too. Um, again, a pilot sleep program for entrepreneurs. I like the sounds of it. So good. Yeah. Right. So many ideas. And again, there's the fear that comes in when it comes to those things. Um, and also people can hire you to speak, right? You consult. I do. So I have done some press releases to talk about sleep. I have consulted in lots of podcasts, um, talked about sleep and how important it is. Um, I think the next place is actually like helping other business owners help their staff sleep better because that ultimately helps the business thrive too. Um, and how can they protect their, set their employees or contractors or people up for success so that they also are prioritizing sleep um, and knowing how important it is. Um, yeah, there's lots, there's lots of avenues. I feel like education and knowledge and just supporting others is really my goal. So email me with any inquiries because it'll probably happen. Email, DM, PM, however you want to get access to Nicole. You can even send BNL an email. We can, like, I'm always happy to send you her way. Um, And because we're coming at the end of the year and people are setting intentions and all of these things, of course, I'm going to ask you, Nicole Shallow, owner of At Your Behavior Gal, what is one, like, what is your intention for 2022? Or if there was one word that you could use to describe the year that you're wanting to have next year, what is it? Oh, there's like multiple words coming up right now. Um, but I think expansion is the big one. Ooh, I like that one. I'm not going to take it because I've already figured out mine, which I'm going to share in the next, uh, the last episode of December um, of this year, 2021. But expansion, that's a powerful world word. Mm-hmm. Great that's going in on your whiteboard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. Obviously this is not going to be the last time you are going to be here because one, I love talking with you on camera or off camera. Um, and two, you have way too much knowledge to be kept hidden. And I know that a lot of listeners as we continue to grow are going to want to hear what you have to say so that they can continue being the amazing entrepreneurs that they are and also supporting their teams as they continue to scale their businesses and support others in their niche and in their spaces um, so that everyone can thrive and fly as high as they can. So thank you so much for having us. Me. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. And I cannot wait until we chat again and have an amazing rest of your 2021. And I will see you 
basically every single day until this year is over. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Fly Flamingo Fly with BNL. We are so grateful you stopped by and we hope that something from today's conversation ignited the inspiration you were looking for so that you can keep moving forward towards the life of your dreams. This podcast was produced by BNL Media Consulting with the amazing help of Podigy Podcasts. We'd love to hear your takeaways from this episode, so be sure to leave us a review as well as give us a follow on Instagram at BNL Social. If you need any help with your social media marketing, feel free to visit our website at www.bnlmediaconsulting.com and we would be more than happy to support you. We hope you have an amazing day and we cannot wait to connect with you again next time. Have a good one, everyone.